Hello. Welcome to the Valley View Podcast, episode 99. My name is Tyler, and I'm here with Matt. I think anybody's listening still? I know that they are because I look at the metrics. Metrics. Mm. I'm shocked, well, though. This uh, seems like a good time to thank our listeners for being faithful listeners. And uh, every so often we get people that will come up and tell us something they've heard on the podcast that they've found interesting or meaningful. And I never remember. Yeah. Yeah. Usually we're you're like, oh, did did, uh, did I say that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we're at 99. We are at 99. 98 Reckless Love came out today right. as we were, were recording a week early. Nice. Okay. Well, we do have a very special sponsor for episode 99. And we want to thank um, our sponsor today. And that sponsor is Aiden's Dog Walking Business. Who's Aiden? Well, he it appears like he's a student at Forest Hills Elementary, just based on reading his ad. Mm, okay. So, um, it's weird that his ad is in your handwriting. Uh, but what what does he say? <laughs> yeah, well, he, I took dictation. Oh, I see. If you so Aiden's dog walking business. Um, if you live near Forest Hills Elementary School in Eden Prairie, please call me or text my mom at nine five two. 604-6167 if your dog needs to be walked. I can walk them after school or after supper. We will go by the park and be gone for about 25 minutes. It's pretty good. It's pretty good walk. I supply treats and pickup bags. I also have my own leash if you need that. Thank you for considering supporting my business. Aiden. You had fun with this one, didn't you? <laughs> This seems like Matt sitting in his office like, man, I got to do something quirky for this week's ad read. <laughs> I think it's wonderful that this young man uh, has a dog walking business. I yeah. bet he's got has a lot of fun. Now, there's nothing here about how much it costs. I know. So, I noticed that. Yeah. I was wondering what it is for 25 minutes. I know. that's That would be. It's a good hook, though, Aiden. Good marketing. But yeah. Good marketing ploy. You can yeah. charge like 200 bucks for that walk, and we have no idea. Yeah. That's true. Or at least he gets you to get in touch with them and ask about pricing. That's so true. Then, so you're then, talking to him. So then you're talking. You hear his nice little voice and you just can't say no. Yeah. So uh, once again, if you're interested, it's 952-604-6167 and ask for Aiden. Thanks, Aiden. Tyler. Matt. What do we got today? We got some. I think we got some. Got some fashion talk today. Are we talking about Second Chronicles first though? Yeah. We, yeah. Why don't we, why don't we hit Second Chronicles and then we'll, um, we're going to have a, but fashion talk yeah I emily sent I... me some questions about fashion well we said we want to talk about fashion and emily walked by and so emily sent us some questions about fashion okay that sounds good so tyler what uh what comes to mind when i say second chronicles well i assume we're going to talk about manasseh again maybe so if you want may... to we can. I, well i don't well i we kind of have to because we never told them about oh, it we like we know okay. we said okay. wait till second chronicles and we'll talk to you about it okay okay um I mean, I just know that this book was probably written pretty late in the Old Testament game. Mm -hmm. Like, I think, like, from, like, a scholar's perspective, sec First and Second Chronicles are probably, like, some of the latest Old Testament books written. Yeah. It's, like, the author is, like, reflecting on all of OT history. Yeah. Like, if you get a chronological Bible, don't they put the Chronicles at the very end of the Old Testament? Well, or it depends. Ezra and Nehemiah? I mean, it depends on what type of, like, chronology they're doing. If they're doing, like, when the events that you're reading about happened, then uh -huh. you're reading like Chronicles and Kings at the same time, which I actually don't like. Like you're reading Chronicles, Kings, and Psalms all at the same time. 
Yeah. I think the, I, I was first exposed to it from a Bible project read through, but I like um, the, the organization where you're, you're reading the Bible as a Jewish person around the time of Christ probably would have read it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you read Kings and you read all of the like Psalms and prophets and everything like that. And then you finish with first and second Chronicles as like a summary. Mm-hmm. What, you know, when I think about a book, one thing I, one thing I think of first or try to think about is where does it start and where does it end? Like in trying to get a handle on it. And the really interesting thing about second Chronicles is that it begins at the high point of the nation of Israel. Oh, like does it? it, it Solomon? Be- yeah. It begins with Solomon. Okay. So it's just a constant downhill spiral. Yeah. And it ends with the, with like the heading at the very end is Jerusalem captured and burned. Yeah. Right. And then it talks about Cyrus at the very there is, end. Yeah. There's a little like hope for yeah. the future at the very end. Yeah. Post exile. But... but in the span of this one book, it goes from the height of wealth and influence of Israel to the very bottom. Like it bottoms out. Jerusalem yeah. is captured and burned. Temple's gone. Like people are it, deported. Yeah. People are deported. You know, the beginning talks about the glory of the Lord filling the temple. You know, Solomon builds it in chapter three and it gets burned in chapter 36 yeah wow in the in the in what's in between is the story and the answer to the question how did that happen yeah <laughs> constant constant sinful kings is how that happened do you think it speaks to the power of leadership to direct for good or for bad well, when I was taught about kings and chronicles i I think the like the guiding principle for reading it that I was taught was like you should see that as the king goes, so goes the nation. Mm-hmm. Like when you have someone like Hezekiah, Judah does pretty well. Mm-hmm. But then when you have someone like Manasseh, things go downhill. Yeah. The, there's only a couple exceptions to that. Like I think Jeroboam too is like the only, one of the only examples I can think of of somebody who was not like a faithful God following king. And yet the nation was like successful, mm. like in war under him. Do you think you can extrapolate that principle to today and apply it to the church? and say basically the same thing like as the pastor goes so goes the church right right um i don't know maybe <laughs> i'm not sure either well That's like I, I, asked you. I mean i think that well there's like two there's like two ways to think about that like because there are times when pastors are doing very like bad sinful things behind closed doors and uh-huh. nobody knows about it right. and maybe their church is really successful mm-hmm. and so in that case that wouldn't really be true because mm-hmm. the pastor would be going one way and maybe the church is going another yeah um but when that kind of thing comes to light, then a lot of times it has a really bad negative impact on the church. Uh-huh. So in that sense, it could be true. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think another sense in which it could be true is what the what the pastor emphasizes can easily become what people emphasize, you know, in their Christian walk. Oh, yeah, that's you know? true. That's definitely true. And that, I think, can have a probably more subtle than what we see happen in Second Chronicles. But you know, if if the pastor has this emphasis that's just a little bit off trajectory from the gospel and from the cross, and just and wants to emphasize maybe the maybe even something that's really good. Like, yeah, it's really good, like the miraculous. Yeah, they're seeing like um, emphasizing like um, speaking in tongues or healings or prophecy. You know, we we look at that and say, you know, that that's not a bad emphasis. Like right. seeking the gifts of the spirit. You know, it's not the gospel and the cross, but it's like, we wouldn't say that's bad. Right. Or you could think of other things like really emphasizing political involvement, like at the expense of, 
you know, the gospel. Can I say something really controversial so, that maybe you'll have to moderate me on? Please do. Yeah. I mean, I think you a, a, a pastor could do the same thing with um with the Bible. Not not like yeah, yeah. Th- that's not me saying anything negative about the Bible or its an infallibility or anything like that. Right. But if you emphasize like, hey, you need to know all of the words of the Bible over knowing the story of Christ, which is in the Bible. Yeah. I think you are just slightly off mm-hmm. and you could create a, a church where people know everything about mm-hmm. the Bible, but it's teaching does not actually permeate their lives. Yeah. I think you're exactly. Does that, right. did that make sense? Did yeah, I say that? Okay. Did, I or did I sound did. like blasphemous? No, I think that's great. I love the Bible. Like everything yeah. that I teach is out of the Bible. Yep. Me too. I think, but I have seen this. You, a church can elevate Bible study to be like top of the totem pole. Like, there's nothing better than Bible study and knowing yeah. the Bible. And we we know the irony is if we've read the Bible, we know that it's not that's like knowledge of the scriptures is not top of the totem pole. <laughs> right. You know, love for God and neighbor is the top of the totem pole. Yeah, right? exactly. Like that's the thing. If we understand the message of the scriptures, we'll know that love for God and neighbor is the thing we're to prioritize. Yeah. And that's like what the Pharisees got wrong, right? They knew the scriptures really well. Yeah but they weren't, they didn't look like God. That was the problem. Yeah. Yeah. You could get right. to the point where you're like, well, yeah, I haven't like talked to anyone about Jesus. That doesn't already know Jesus in like five years, but I'm in this, but like I read the Bible every day. Yeah. And like, that's not, that's not, not a correct order of your life. You should right. be doing both. Right. And so there's all these like small and even good ways we could go off on a little tangent in terms of what we emphasize. Right. And so a leader can lead the church in a direction, you know, that, doesn't really look like it's a big departure from the cross, but taken out over a number of years, you can get pretty far in terms of what you emphasize. Right. So we haven't said nearly enough about that, but I think the listeners get the idea that. Yeah. Um, it's got to be Jesus. Things. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, yeah has, but, it has to be Jesus living the life that we could not live and dying the death that we should have died so that we could be made right with God again. Yeah. That has to be the center. <laughs> exactly. And that's the center of the scriptures. Yeah. So they, they that really supports that same emphasis. So, um, yeah. So what, what's the challenge for a church leader then I think is to remain personally centered on Christ and the cross and, um, taking that message to people that don't know, like in order that the church can also hold that as an emphasis and that will come through. And, um, that can be challenging, right? Mm -hmm. We've got to have, we've got to have the discipline and the fellowship and accountability in our lives to keep that at the center. Right. And Satan doesn't want that at the center. So right. there's <laughs> there's challenges to keeping it there. Manasseh gets a little bit of a redemption arc in this book. Yeah. Well, tell us about it. Well, if I, if I remember right. So if you were here two weeks ago or two episodes ago and listened to the second Kings one, we talk about how it's like Manasseh's fault. Like it's presented as Manasseh's fault that Judah gets exiled. Mm-hmm. Um, like he's just like the worst. And God was like, not like as, as you read it, it's like God was not going to deport Judah. And then. Manasseh happened and then they got deported like a couple generations later. Um, but in second Chronicles, it records that like he apparently like he humbled himself at the end of his life. Mm-hmm. Like he, he began to follow God. Mm-hmm. There's something about him like wearing a nose ring, right? Uh, yeah. It says uh, captured Manasseh with hooks and bound him with chains of bronze and brought him to Babylon. And when they say captured him with hooks, um, Typically, what that meant for the Assyrians is that they put a hook in your nose. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like where we would maybe do a, you know, think about like a 
a ring through both nostrils like <laughs> yeah. there's a hole like in your yeah what's that called septum i don't know the thing in the middle yeah. of your nose <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly some piece of cartilage in your nose yeah exactly yeah and then uh he has um a repentance yeah he has a repentance time i was hoping you'd read that part of it yeah um this is second chronicles 33 12 after um manasseh gets deported uh to babylon and when he was in distress he entreated the favor of the lord his god and humbled himself greatly before the god of his fathers he prayed to him and god was moved by his entreaty and heard his plea and brought him again to Jerusalem into his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord was God. I I, I got to say, I find that so encouraging mm-hmm. because this guy had done horrible things and led other people into so many horrible things. Yeah. And God even heard his prayer. I also, I think that's the positive side of it. I also think it like is kind of sobering because it shows us that like your sin will still have consequences. Yeah. You know, because like he did humble himself, but that didn't mean that Judah didn't get exiled. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah so but... it's like on the one hand, like it's so cool. Like God, God was willing to forgive even, even Manasseh. Mm-hmm. But also like you see, like the stuff that Manasseh did still mattered. Yeah. You know? And that mirrors what happens in our lives too. Yeah. Right. There's forgiveness when, um, when there's true repentance, but I'll, but it doesn't wipe out the consequences. Yeah. Right. So so that second Chronicles uh, starts at a peak and ends up in a very deep valley, but with a note of hope. Yeah. Right. The tiny little note of hope at the end that uh, Cyrus issues the decree that people can return to Jerusalem. The next couple of books are some of my favorites. What are we getting into next? Well, we got episode 100 next week, uh, but then after that, we'll do Ezra and Nehemiah. Okay. Yeah. This has kind of been your area of interest and expertise. Of, of I, I do feel like that, actually. Yeah. I, I did a Bible study with the kids where we went through all of Ezra and Nehemiah in one day. Um, It was a lot. But then I and then I also preached on it. So it was like, I don't know. I, I really like those two books. Yeah, that's going to be because they are, they are like one work like Ezra and Nehemiah is like a combined work. We'll talk about them separately because that's what we do here. Um, But it Ezra and Nehemiah is like the story. It's going to be great. We've got great stuff coming up. Ezra and Nehemiah, and then we get Esther. Oh, yeah. And then I talked about jo- Esther this year, too. Yeah, Esther is one of your favorites right now. And then we get Job, which, um, which I'm sure you I, love. Which I love. Yeah. Yeah. I like Job a lot, too, but it just seems like a Matt Brandt kind of book. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. So that's uh, that's where we're headed. Got after good stuff after we do episode 100, which will be a special episode. Yeah. Did you tease the guest host yet? We're going to have a guest host. Okay. It's someone who has never did. never been on the podcast is going to host episode 100. Sweet. Uh, right. This person is an, an avid listener, as I understand it. Wow. Okay. Wow. Excellent. Well, um, we need to talk about fashion. Yes, we? we do need to talk about fashion. Yeah. Past, pastors talking about fashion. So where do we start? Do you want me to go through the things that Emily sent? Or should I just list the three things that she sent me and then we can decide where we want to go? Well, can I ask you a preliminary question? I would love that. Okay. Um, The way we're talking about fashion, I think, at least initially here, is going to be in the context of pastoral ministry. So fashion within the context of pastoral ministry. Which is a very funny like sub-discussion of attire. Yeah. So let me start there because I want to ask you, um, if you walked into a coffee shop and you looked around and you saw like seven or eight random guys sitting around the coffee shop, um, do you think you could pick out the pastor? Yeah. Okay. And, unless the goal is like to fool me. 
Okay. Because there, right. I mean, okay. when we were talking about this with Emily, like there are a lot of different ways that pastors will dress. Mm-hmm. But if I just, if there are seven or eight people and one of them is a pastor, I, I think I would be able to find the pastor. Okay. What are the giveaways? Okay. I think one of the biggest is the like computer bag, like slung over your, like that you like wear across your shoulder. Like it's over the, the strap of the bag is over your left shoulder, but then the computer is on your right hip. I totally do. That. You have that. Yeah. <laughs> I um, do that all the time. Likely wearing... Now, can I ask you about that first? Yeah, go ahead. Why is that a pastor distinctive? Because I hadn't noticed that. Like, you, if I just have it over one shoulder, like purse style, you know, like a if if the strap is over my right shoulder and the laptop is also is like on my right hip, that's less indicative of being a pastor. Yeah, a little bit. Okay. I for for whatever reason, I think like insurance I, guy. Maybe I I think having it over your left shoulder and the and the computer on your right hip is like. In, in like quotations like the proper way to wear it and i just i feel like that concept of having that bag is something that pastors do because it looks like more like proper than wearing a backpack ah. like I'm a, I'm a youth pastor i just wear a backpack but i feel like senior pastors want to look a little more put together and so they have that like computer bag okay nice all right, um, all right keep going so there's that mm-hmm. uh they are likely wearing if they need glasses they're likely wearing some kind of like black maybe slightly thicker rimmed glasses or there's like another subset that might wear like a like a trendier like maybe like white frames yeah uh-huh. or like light rimmed I know some of those um probably wearing those glasses um likely not much of a beard maybe maybe they got a little something just but a trace yeah just not maybe more clean shaven than not typically um and then li- so true so true likely likely a collared shirt of some kind okay. uh there is a range like Emily and I were talking about how like. Maybe like more of like a, a southern like Bible belt kind of pastor might be wearing like uh, a tie, but I feel like collar shirt is pretty common whether it's a polo or like a dress shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, usually they'll have like some kind of a black or dark colored plain coat that they're wearing, not necessarily a suit coat, but like a dark coat, um, and then probably some kind of like khaki or navy dress pants or like like more nice pants. <laughs> I'm like checking. I check probably about half those boxes. Yeah. Um. But I, the picture you're painting, I think, is is very accurate. Oh, and and um, whenever they interact with anybody, they're just very like calm and smiley. Mm. Is this a good quality or or bad or neutral? Well, if I'm being honest, <laughs> um, it's a little. It may be a little tedious to me. <laughs> Um, but that's only because I've interacted with so many pastors. Okay. But I think it overall is like, it's a good quality to have, to be like warm and and kind to people, you know, like that is like a good thing. You can just do it without being like smiley and quite so pleasant. Well, I mean, Matt, you, you're very smiley and pleasant, but, um, so it's not necessarily bad. Okay. Um, and it's not even not, it's not bad. Like it's good to be like that. I just am not, I don't, I, I tend towards what you're saying, like, kind but not really smiley and so sometimes i see really smiley people and i'm like oh you're just so smiley <laughs> now um, emily's laughing wherever she's hearing this episode do you think you can even distinguish between types of pastor based on how they're dressed oh yeah absolutely um that description was probably like like late 30s to late 40s maybe into early 50s but late late 30s to late 40s senior pastor okay um there's also uh, a very distinctive worship pastor vibe which is a lot of the like like the glasses remain the same maybe the computer bag is pretty similar 
but there's usually more facial hair and the clothes are tighter. Yeah. Like yeah. maybe skinny jeans. Yep. Um, what about a hat, a cap? Sometimes. Yeah. Like a beanie. Not, not, not like a baseball hat, typically, okay. but like a beanie. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, and then youth passers were all over the map. You might, I don't know if you'd be able to pick out the youth pastor in the shop because yeah. the youth pastor is probably wearing jeans and a hoodie. <laughs> but there are youth pastors that trend towards like the worship pastor aesthetic. There are some, like, I feel like because so many youth pastors are are just doing it for a season because they're too young to be in quotations, a real pastor. Uh-huh. Um, They like trend towards what they want to be. <laughs> so like a youth pastor that wants to get to worship pastor someday is probably wearing the skinny jeans. A youth pastor who wants to get to senior pastor might have the computer bag. Like, <laughs> Let me let me ask you. Uh, that's uh, I appreciate that comment. That's pretty funny. So like aspirational dressing. That's what I'm wondering about. Yeah, I I actually have not. I'm processing this as I'm talking yeah, about it. But yeah. yeah, that's a great that's a great thought. Um, do you ever uh, like how much does being a youth pastor um, affect your uh, fashion choices? Like, do you deliberately dress a certain way to fit into a certain mold? That- no, but that's like a very Tyler specific thing. Like, I'm not. I'm not really, I've never been concerned with fashion. For, for for reference, I wore football jerseys every day to school from like third grade through eighth grade, mm-hmm. just because I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's all. I, you can talk I again. Okay. But, but if you don't but, have any, if you don't have anything else, well, we can get the questions from well, Emily. I, so the question was like, does it impact the way that I dress? Yeah. Not, not really. Okay. I mean, I do wear, I would say, especially now that I'm like technically an associate pastor, I wear black and khaki jeans more than I used to. Um, and since I became an associate pastor and not like strictly youth or like strictly high school youth, I find myself wearing, um, sweatpants to church less, like not like on a Sunday, but like I I would work in the office in sweatpants, but now I like, I don't know. I think because I'm full-time, I feel like I should wear nicer pants. Tell us about your Sunday, your Sunday morning fashion choices. Do you ever find yourself on Sunday morning wearing something that's not your first choice, but you wear it because you feel like you have to? Oh, I mean, always like what I wear to church was never my first choice. I'm, I'm like a very like casual dresser. Like if, it probably goes back to when you were a, a youngster, right? Your mom's telling you, sorry, <laughs> sorry, 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 Mrs. Matt. Hey, hey, it was Matt's fault this time. <laughs> She's telling, you know, eight year old Tyler. No, you can't wear that to church. That actually, what that was what it was. I was not allowed to wear football jerseys to church. Yeah. 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 I would wear them every day, but I couldn't wear them to church. So really your whole life, you've been wearing stuff to church. You don't want to wear it. Well, cause I've always been a very casual dresser. I mean, like my like ideal way to dress in Minnesota is like shorts and a hoodie. And in the summer shorts and a t-shirt or shorts and a cutoff, but I can't really wear that to church as a, a paid pastor at the church. <laughs> So yeah, no, I'm never wearing what I want to wear. Okay. Typically my typically my church fit is like uh jeans, khakis, or black pants, or like black jeans with uh some kind of a flannel and a shirt that I actually want to be wearing under the flannel. So then when church is over, I can take the flannel off and dress normally again. Flip-flops? Um I can get away with flip-flops at church in the summer, but I don't typically. Okay. I, I would say it's probably like once or twice a month in the summer I'll wear flops at church. Let's hit the questions. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. You're really just interviewing me about my fashion. What? I mean, but it, I feel like there's less to ask you about because like the, the pastor attire is like more like formalized. Like there is like a range of what pastors mm-hmm. need to like should wear, you know, like. Yeah. But I feel like it's been like, there's more like we've tread, like people have like tread those tracks a little bit more. Yeah. Like pastors can wear suits and they can go all the way down to like jeans and a yeah nice shirt. Yeah. I what, think... Where on the, where on the spectrum do you fall? Well, and why? I think a good rule is uh, try not to be a distraction, hmm. right? So 
you know, when you're, <clears throat> you think about if you're doing the preaching Sunday morning, you're up on stage for 30 or 40 minutes total, and you want the emphasis to be on, you know, what you're saying and how you're saying it, not on what you're wearing. So I don't think you want to be distracting on either end. Like, I, I don't think you want to be distracting by your formality or by your informality. Right. I think if it's it's nice if people can just see what you're wearing is kind of a non a non issue, a non topic. That is difficult to pull off because everyone has their own definition of oh, yeah. you know what's what's good, what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. I think you kind of want to just shoot for the median yeah. of what the general, you know, you kind of look, you survey the landscape of what are, you know, preaching pastors wearing on Sunday morning and just kind of stay away from the extremes and yeah. hit somewhere in the middle. And that way, most people are just going to find it kind of a nothing, just a non-distracting thing. Yeah. And you'll, I feel like you'll never do perfectly that as a senior pastor. Like, it's easy. Like, it's really easy for me. Kids don't care what I'm wearing. You know, like, yeah. as long as I'm wearing right. clothes, right. they're fine. Right. Like, right. Um, right. but like, you will always have people, especially where we live, like in like more of a suburban area where there are people from the country and people from the city both going to the same church. Right. Like, right. you'll have people who think, no, yeah, the pastor should be wearing a suit. Mm -hmm. And you have other people that if you wore a suit, they'd be like, why are you dressing like that? Like, yeah. that's yeah. weird. Like, I'm wearing jeans. Yeah, exactly. As the as the norm kind of come becomes more informal, you stand out more on the formal end. And I just want to say that I'm I'm not um, making a judgment about people that choose differently than me, right? Because any of those choices can be made by noble for noble reasons, uh, which I think are a matter of conscience. Matt, so, I'm posting my be real right now. This is the first time where I've seen the be real go off while we were recording the podcast, so it's going to have me talking. Um, also, of Emily's three questions, I think we already answered one of them. Okay. Uh, the second question she asked was, so I got to get off be real right now. Oh, uh, we're supposed to rate our own fashion and fashion sense. <laughs> oh, boy. So self-evaluate, huh? Yeah. Um, I think I'm behind. I, um, I'm probably, I'm a good, uh, this will probably make me look bad. I'm probably a good eight or nine years behind, like, where I should be fashion-wise. Really? Yeah, I think so. Interesting. Maybe, maybe that's maybe that's too harsh. But I think my sense, I think my sense is good. I just think I'm behind, and it's mostly because I don't like to spend a lot of money on clothes mm. and buy expensive stuff. Um, I try not to stand out, you know, in any case. Um, so yeah, I think my sense is okay. Like I have a sense. Of, I think I have a good sense of what goes together and what ah. looks good together. But as far as my actual practice, no one's ever going to call me fashionable. I think I just kind of get by and I'm about seven, eight, nine years behind the curve. Uh, I think my fashion sense is pretty bad, but it's also because I don't care for it to be good. Like I, <laughs> I, I get dressed in the dark. <laughs> like I go in and I make sure that the pair of jeans or sweatpants or shorts that I grabbed is clean and is not like, like I try not to wear like, like red and orange together. You yeah, know, like, just, I was just going to ask you about red and orange. Oh. That's that's the question I was going to ask you. Here's what I was going to say. I was going to say, you get dressed in the dark and then you get into the light and you realize you're wearing like a red shirt and orange sweatpants. Would you be compelled to change? No, actually, I don't do it on purpose. But if it happened, I don't I just don't really care. Like, <laughs> I, I, like, especially at this point in my life, if I'm wearing like sweatpants. I'm probably going to be disc golfing all day anyways. And who cares what I look like while I'm disc golfing? What if it was ketchup and mustard, like red sweat, plain red sweatshirt and yellow sweatpants? That's fine. I don't care. Like, I just, nice. I really don't care. Like nice. the, the only reason that I wear the clothes 
like if I ever put any thought into clothes that I wear, it's just because I'm going to be in front of people and I need to be socially acceptable for that moment. It hmm. never has anything to do with what I think. Hmm. If your folks said, hey, Tyler, we want to get you a clothing item for your birthday. Like what kind of a clothing item do you want? What would you say? Um, I don't know. I have way too many clothes, actually. Uh, so it's pretty, it probably like realistically, it would probably be what I'm running out of at that moment. So it's either going to be underwear or socks. Um, but I mean, I like, um, I like like t-shirts that I have an association with. Mm. So like mm -hmm. maybe like a really nice, like Bengals t-shirt, like maybe like a, actually I probably want like a Joe Burrow t-shirt Jersey. Cool. I have one of those. That's what it would be. All yeah. Right. Well, it's, yeah. Um, the other question that she had that we haven't answered yet is that we're supposed to, in the next minute and a half, give a thumbs up or thumbs down on current fashion trends or on fashion trends in general. Ooh. So maybe we just rapid fire. Bell bottoms, yes or no? Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> Your turn doing. Uh, this is uh, rapid fire, Matt. Large glasses. Yes yeah, I'm in. Yeah, I think I'm in too. All right, mullets, yes or no? No. No, absolutely never, not. Never. <laughs> Your turn. Never. What's another fashion trend? What? There, dude, there's so many what do you mean um uh long like baggy shorts uh no i no. wore them i wore them when i was growing up but no i don't like them aren't they in basketball aren't they trending back towards uh, well that's, shorter so that's the next now? one short shorts yes or no yeah I'm yes in. absolutely i love short shorts i hated them when i was a kid but i love them now what about uh calf calf high socks uh what color yeah white um it depends on the brand calf, calf high nikes yes calf high like new balance no Really? Yeah. New Cat High New Bouncer Dad Socks. But Cat High uh, Nikes look good. Huh. What about you? <laughs> uh no. I I mean, I can't wear calf highs. Just too okay. un too uncomfortable. Headband? Yes or no? Uh yeah. I mean yeah, I'm cool with headband. Yeah, headband. That's good. Uh backwards hat, yes or no? Yeah. Yeah, I like backwards hat. Forwards hat, yes or no? Yeah, also yes. Uh to me it depends on which if like it stays straight in my head or starts like curved to one side. Mm. Okay, I got one. Okay. Turtleneck. <laughs> um, he's referring to a pre-podcast discussion. Yes-ish. I don't think I like good turtlenecks, but I think some people do. Yeah. Okay. I'm out. I'm, I'm a no. Well, we're oh, just in general, you're out. I'm, I'm out. All right. Well, we've also had 30 minutes, so we're out of time. Yeah. Uh, we will see you next week, or you'll hear us next week on episode 100. Yeah. And don't forget to give Aiden a call uh, to walk your dog. All right. Have a good week, everybody. <laughs>